Hey everyone, um, I go by the name of Adrian Daniels and welcome to the Sound of Crowd podcast. If this is your first time listening, um, this is the show where we speak of top Ghanaian founders, entrepreneurs and creatives worldwide with the aim of leaving you behind with meaningful takeaways that you can apply in life, business and career. Um, for today's show notes, um, you can head over to thesoundofacrowd.com forward slash ivprosper. That's thesoundofacrowd.com forward slash ivprosper for all of the wisdom, tips, nuggets, and gems that you're going to get from this episode. Um, IV spell I-V-Y-P-R-O-S-P-E-R. That's IV Prosper. Okay. We'll have all of the links in the podcast description and in the YouTube description below. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, a five-star review is very much appreciated. Um, so I'm joined here with Ivy Prosper, the wonderful, multi-talented Ivy Prosper. Um, she's a content creator, TEDx speaker. She's also a journalist. Um, and she does so much more for what I know and mostly for is telling fantastic stories about the African diaspora. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show, Ivy. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've been on, I mean, I know you from, I mean, I've, I've, I've watched your YouTube channel. I've been following it for quite some time. I think you put out some amazing, amazing content. And I've seen you in some of the, some of the WhatsApp communities that we've been in for quite some time, but. And I've seen you in multiple places, and I, th I think we've had quite a few mutual um, friends. But I think it just made sense to kind of get this interview done when the opportunity arised. So I'd like to thank Joannes, if you're watching, for this introduction. It was really kind of you to, to, to do it. And um, it's great to get Ivy on the show. Um, so Ivy, um, for those that don't know um, a lot about you, could you mind just showing a quick elevator pitch about yourself and, and what, what you see yourself as and what you do? Oh, I'm a creator. I see myself as a creator, a storyteller, uh, a woman who's passionate about changing the narrative of Africa. Mm -hmm. And I do that through content creation. Mm -hmm. I uh, create content on YouTube, as well as I manage the social media handles for Ghana's Year of Return and Beyond the Return campaigns. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I'm a speaker and I wrote a book on moving to Ghana. Oh, you did? You yes. Did. Actually, you did. Yeah. This, uh, what, what was the book called again? Your Essential Guide on Moving to Ghana. Your Essential it's Guide to Moving to Ghana. available on Amazon. Don't worry. We'll make sure that's in the, in the um, show notes for those who want to go grab that book, um, Your Essential Guide for Moving to Ghana. Um, yeah, I think let's, let's start at the year of return because that was a good um, place to start. Mm -hmm. um, but before we get to the year of return, I think we've just gone past. So today we're in January 2023 and we've just gone past another wave of December beyond festivities beyond the return. That's it. Um, what's your view on the December that's just gone past? Like, how how do you see it compared to the the year of return that um, that will took place in twenty nineteen? Because mm -hmm. I think after the year of return, we noticed COVID came in, the pandemic came in. So I think Christmas in Ghana it was still rocking, but it wasn't quite the same in terms of like freedom and what people could do because of restrictions. That were you placed. here? I was here. Mm -hmm. I was here. Yeah, I was here. Actually, the 2020 Christmas, I wasn't here. But 2021 Christmas, mm -hmm. I was here. And 2022 Christmas, I was here. Mm -hmm. So I was here for both Decembers. But the 2020, um, I wasn't here. But okay. the stories I heard and people I interviewed, I know things weren't exactly the same as it was in the, in the year of return 2019. Um, so I just want to hear from your perspective, mm -hmm. December 2023. I know, you, I, I know you were out and about during that season. How was it for you during, during, that, during, that, during that time? Well, um, December 2020, yes, the numbers dropped significantly from uh, 2019. 2019 was a phenomenal year for tourism in Ghana. Yeah. Um, they recorded over 1.1 million people coming to the country that year. It's crazy. And 
and yeah and so in 2020 with the pandemic and there were a lot of restrictions around the world so a lot of people even within their own countries maybe they weren't able to to travel as freely and didn't feel comfortable or confident even though people were watching Ghana from afar and seeing that the restrictions in Ghana weren't as uh, tight as they were in other places um, although there were a lot of COVID protocols in place so 2020 Yes, there were people still coming. There was a lot of things still happening, but it wasn't to the same level. The number of events wasn't the same as it was mm. in, in 2019, obviously. Mm. But then when 2021 came, um, it went back to a lot of people coming back into the country. I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head. Uh, I, I, know, I think it was more than 600,000 for the whole year, um, which is a drop from it is, 2019. something million, wasn't it? Um, but you saw it coming back up. There was like a resurgence of people coming. And because Ghana wasn't as heavily restrictive as other places, because COVID wasn't as, um, as, as dire here as it was in other places, people felt confident to come to Ghana. So I met a lot of people who said they're working remotely from home. So they figured why not be in Ghana? So people came and they were in Ghana for like six months, a year. Some people even two whole years were yeah. in Ghana until their company said, you have to come back in the office. <laughs> and then they went back. Yeah. But um, as far as December, the December NGH campaign was launched in 2019 as a climax for year of return. And then, um, so every year subsequently, there's the December NGH promoting things happening in December. This past December 2022, um, the preliminary numbers, as well, I don't know the final numbers, but the preliminary numbers show that about 98,000 people came to Ghana in December. So that's the December statistic, not the whole year. Okay. And so there were over 100 events that the Beyond the Return Ghana Tourism Authority endorsed. It was about mm -hmm. 122 exactly. Yeah. A few of them got canceled for logistical reasons, but the majority of the events happened. And so December was a success. 2022 was a huge success. A lot yeah. of people came, a lot of people had a great time. Yeah. And so we anticipate it's just gonna keep getting more and more. Yeah, I think it was fantastic. I mean, from different from different perspectives. I mean, you had, of course, Afrochella, which is gonna be called Afro Future. Afro Future, yeah. Which you document in the YouTube channel. I knew it was gonna be changing because at Afrochella this year, Everywhere you saw signs that said Afrochella is Afrofuture. Afrochella is Afrofuture. <laughs> and you saw Afrofuture all over the place. You know, whereas a lot of people thought, oh, the theme this year is Afrofuture. They're thinking Afrofuturism because some of the installations that were there. And I was like, with the whole issue with the legalities happening with Coachella, the, the lawsuit and stuff, I just thought it just seems like they're going to change the name to Afrofuture. And even I did a reel. Um, on the Beyond the Return page. And in the reel, I actually wrote Afrochella is Afrofuture. And, um, and then like on my YouTube channel, like you said, I mentioned what I thought. Because yeah. Abdul at the end made the announcement, this is the last Afrochella. <laughs> and people were, people were kind of like just leaving because people were tired, people were ready okay. to go home. Yeah. And people didn't clue into it, a lot of people, I think. Okay. BBC did because they did a whole story on so it. I think that was a strategic but, um, stunt to drop that right at the end so when people were maybe more kind of more or less ready to go home so, so they wouldn't really hear that? No, I don't think it was strategic. I think it was just, it's the end of the event. The last artist has performed. Let's say our thank you to everybody who has supported us over the years because yeah. we're starting a new chapter. Exactly. I think that's all it was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. And um, I think the term Afrofuturism, that's an actual term, isn't it? 
Afrofuturism. Yeah, I do see that term around. Yeah, about yeah. you know the future of Africa. And, yeah, yeah. What, what do you see the future of Africa being from from your perspective? You know, telling all these stories and you know, doing the things, the amazing things that you've done over the years. I think Africa's future is bright as long as the African people are willing to be a part of the story and willing to tell their story and willing to fight for change. Because I think if you're complacent, it'll never happen. Um, and I think a lot of young people today who are on social media are seeing that what they can do with the power of their phones can make a difference and make an impact. So I, I, see, I do see the future being bright for the continent. There are still challenges logistically. Um, and I also think um, Africans don't have much control over the fact that the global economy, the system is designed against Africa. And so it makes it hard for Africans to kind of work against that and try to move past that and, and, and build a strong future. It makes it difficult. It does, yeah. I mean, I guess, especially people that are kind of like used to how the Western worlds um, operate, sometimes it's hard to kind of come to Africa and just do go about things as you normally know how to. You have to adjust and adapt to how things are run over here. So some, some people, it's, it's a culture shock, but some people, you know, they get used to it and they find ways to overcome and, you know, persevere. So uh, I'm sure some interviews are, have documented that really, really well. Um, you mentioned um, working working with uh, Beyond the Return and getting involved in social media and you know maybe telling us attending some of these events. So I think over this Christmas we've just seen you know like Dave Chappelle, we had you know Chance the Rapper and people like that coming to Ghana. You know launched the Black Star Line event alongside Vic, Vic Mensa. What's your thoughts in some of these new people you know launching new events and getting involved in you know the future of Ghana? What do I think about it? Yeah. I mean, I think it's great. I think it's, I think it's always great that people are willing and interested in coming to Ghana. The interesting thing about uh, uh, the story with, with Chance the Rapper is um, I, um, they came, he came, you know, January, 2022. And then within a year, January, 2023, yeah. you know, they're doing this event and um, the whole process of it, it was, it's a vision that he and Vic had together that has come to fruition. And I think it shows that if you're willing to put in the work, if you're willing to collaborate with people on the ground, if you're willing to be open to things and sharing the message with your friends, I think that is really, really important. Um, myself, I, um, I was there with the whole process of when he first came um, when, mm. when, uh, Chance first came to Ghana, um, I was there at the airport and stuff. And then Amazing. we went to Jubilee house. And when we went to Jubilee house, um, and met with the president, that was a very strategic conversation that Vic and Chance had with him. Um, it wasn't just for a photo opportunity. Vic opened up the dialogue about the, um, idea of this festival and how they were hoping to do something that would bring together the global diaspora, as well as um, local Ghanaians and, and you know their friends in America coming and experiencing the culture, the music, and festivals here. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to create something that would be uh, meaningful. Mm. And so he threw it out there right from the beginning. You know, So it's not something that just all of a sudden they, they want to do a festival. And they came a few times throughout the year working towards it actually happening. So I think what, what they did is an example of how some of the diaspora are coming and they're doing things. And it's not always publicly known what people are doing. People assume that 
Um, there's a lot of people not coming and making an impact. One of the things with Beyond the Return is Give Back Ghana, which is all about giving back to the community. And there's a lot of people who come and they have organizations, they have nonprofits, they do activities where they're giving back to the community. And it may not be highly publicized because they're not celebrities. So a lot of times, yeah. even, even sometimes I post stuff on social media yeah. that is meaningful content yeah. and it's not a high profile person and people don't share it. People yeah. don't like, they don't share, they don't comment. But as soon as it's a celebrity, all of a sudden everybody cares, seems to care about it more. Yeah. And I don't like the accusations that I sometimes get people sometimes say, oh, you guys only care about celebrities, but it's True. like, True. no, that's not the case. Cause we do share stuff about non-celebrities, but yeah. people don't go and share. Yeah. Like for you to share it to someone else and yeah. send it to someone else's DM, share it on your WhatsApp platforms. A lot of times when it's attached to a celebrity, that's when people suddenly want to share I it know, right? versus an average person. There's a lot of average people out there <laughs> who are making an impact and, and saying average people doesn't yeah. mean that they're not, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's a, one person's better than the other, yeah. but there are these, the citizens that are not um, highly publicized or not high profile, but I think it's really great. You know, it's really excellent. Um, I'm privileged that uh, I was hired to be producer on the um, documentary on the ground for Black Starline Festival that oh, they did leading down. up to the festival itself. Mm. So, um, so that was a really great experience too for me. Oh, fantastic! You know, also as someone behind the cameras as well, you know, that's that's a great that's that's gonna look great in your resume, isn't it? I can't believe that. Um, just wanted to go back a little bit. I yes. so you mentioned, you know. Um, how do you, how you've been getting involved or maybe sharing things that amazing things that people are doing that aren't as well known? Mm -hmm. um, what what why do you why I know that normally it's human nature that when we see celebrity, it do is something, human nature. Yeah, we see celebrity do something and then oh, you know, oh we want to kind of like share that we want to share it with friends we want to get involved but when someone that isn't as famous does something remarkable we don't really want to share that. Um, this is, I think this is a good segue to some of the interviews that you've been doing. And I'm not saying some of the interviews you've been doing are people that aren't amazing, but um, what I'm trying to say is that um, you've, you've also documented some amazing people who maybe not be celebrity status, but they're doing some fantastic things in the diaspora, the Ghanaian community. Um, you know, let's, you've interviewed people in fashion, you've interviewed people in real estate, Kofi Anku, my recent guest. Mm -hmm. um, you've interviewed people who have relocated, um, uh, you know, so many different stories. I mean, I want to hear from you. Um, what are some of the, the, the stories that you've really enjoyed and be inspired by that, 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 that you've interviewed? Um, you know, uh, Saiwan Cafe uh, is owned by uh, Nadia Tachuamensa. Just funny, we talked about it, didn't we? Just earlier. <laughs> yes. And so I really enjoyed the interview I did with her. She, she's my friend. Um, but I really enjoyed the interview I did with her because I learned things that I didn't know um, about her. And I thought that it was really, really like, wow, inspiring because she shared about ups and downs in Ghana because she's somebody who's had a long journey um, being here. She didn't just pop up here in the last couple of years. Yeah. And so... Um, she's somebody that I found to be um, pretty inspiring. And then um, the couple from uh, Jamaica um, who run the um, Marcus Garvey Foundation, um, Naomi and um, her husband Neville, that interview, they moved from Jamaica to Ghana. And I found that one to be really inspiring too because they've been here for a long time. I think it's been 20 years or something in Ghana. And so... 
Forgive me if I'm wrong because I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Don't worry, we'll, but, we'll find that and we'll put it in the, in the show notes for those that want to go see it. Okay. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, so people like that who've come, who don't have a direct connection, they, there's, yes, the historical lineage of Caribbeans and Africa, but they didn't have the direct connection and they've moved here and they've built a life in this country, yeah. which I found fascinating. And then um, the other person that I really enjoyed was, uh, I'm trying to think back, was, um, and this video didn't trend the way I thought it would, because sometimes you do interviews, you're like, and you're like, what, people don't like this video? Yeah. Um, it was a woman, her name is Queen Imina, she's from California, okay. and she was in Ghana for a few months, and just, you know, her talking about the spiritual journey, and she became a queen, a, a queen, a king, king yeah. in uh, Nigeria. And so it's like, how does a woman become a king in Nigeria who's from California? And I found it so interesting, but the video didn't get as much traction as I thought it would, but I yeah. thought her story was really quite fascinating. Um, there's so many people that I find interesting. And there was, oh, there was um, Maurice who, uh, he's, he's from, uh, from uh, where is he from, Detroit. And he has the dolls. He was inspired by the black dolls, seeing girls in, in town with white dolls in Ghana. Yeah. Like, why do they have white dolls? We should have <laughs> black dolls here. And just pushing and trying to get it out there. So yeah. he was, he's also somebody that's very interesting too. So there's yeah. a lot of different people that, that I found inspiring that I've interviewed over the years. Yeah. Thank you for highlighting. That's really helpful. And it's just amazing now, although some of these stories that you've shared, it's that they're picking, like they're coming over here, maybe they're seeing maybe problems or maybe things that could be improved or yeah. better, and then they're taking ownership to try and fix it. Or there's a gap in the market, and then they're coming over, and then they're trying to fill that gap in the market and contribute to the community. Um, I spoke to um, uh, Captain Yao, uh, the fish and chip restaurant in Osu, yeah. and then they, they told me their story about how, just like what you said, people, they come, they get locked down, they get stuck during the pandemic, and then they end up creating an amazing business that adds value to the community. So after, this is the common theme that I find. There's problems or people come here, but you know they come here and then they end up staying by accident and then they end up finding purpose through that. So I think there's a really fascinating theme that we're seeing. And then going back to um, what you said about Chance the Rapper, he came the, the previous year and then he came the following year and did a whole, com uh, did a whole concert. I think for to do that in such a short amount of space time is absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. um, they came multiple times through the year. Multiple times through the year? Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, they came multiple times through the year yeah. because there's planning involved with yeah. leading up to that final yeah. performance. Okay, this is yeah. my question to you. What, what is it about Ghana or maybe even Africa mm -hmm. necessarily that makes people, and I know there's probably a few reasons, but I want to hear from you. What is it about Ghana or maybe West Africa or Africa per se that makes people want to come back and just live here or establish something or even like contribute to a significant? I magnitude? think Ghana has historically been known as a Pan-African country. Mm. So it already has that history of connection. Like since 1957, when when Kwame Nkrumah invited Martin Luther King to come to Ghana. So yeah. from that instance up until now, there's been this succession of um, coming back to Africa and choosing Ghana as the gateway to Africa. So I'm like, I'm sweating. <laughs> I feel myself sweating. The fan, <laughs> is the fan gonna help? <sighs> Maybe, maybe we should have moved the set a bit closer to the, to no, the, to no, the no. AC. 
it's uh bring out the fan let, let, let everyone see how colorful and beautiful the fan is <laughs> i'm feeling hot so i'm using the fan and i hope that it's not affecting the sound that's my concern don't worry we're recording you twice so it's okay fine. all right so <laughs> i should do this so that it's like beautiful though. so let me start the answer the question from the beginning so that you have a good edit <laughs> that's fine no problem I like that. It's quite elegant how you're opening the fan. <laughs> so um, Ghana has been historically known as a Pan-African nation. And as a Pan-African country, it has historically been a place that has invited the diaspora to come. So ever since 1957, beginning of the country's you know, official existence, um, Kwame Nkrumah inviting Martin Luther King mm. to come to Ghana. And then subsequently, so many other high-profile people coming to Ghana over the years, you know. Um, it's like people a like, effect, isn't it? Yeah, people like, uh, like Malcolm X, who came to Ghana as well, and um, um, uh, what's his name, the boxer, um, Muhammad Ali. Mm -hmm. and there's like so many different people who've come to Ghana over the years that it, it, there's like waves. So you had that early wave during the inception of the country. Then you have the period of time um, when black people are finding themselves you know, in America through the black, you know, the civil rights movement and stuff and people are coming. And in Ghana, I think it was in the early nineties, Panafest was launched. Yeah. So Panafest is a Pan-African festival through arts and through theater promoting Pan-Africanism. And so since the early 90s, this festival has been happening in Ghana and it has been something that attracts the diaspora to come to Ghana. Wow. And then in uh, 2007, the, uh, the government had this program that they called um, the Joseph Project, which is sort of like the story of the Bible, Joseph being banished and then coming back to his, the brothers. Uh, uh, what is it? Um. The brother, he's been, he's been banished from his uh, family and then he's like the brother who's been welcomed to come back. Yeah. So the Joseph project sort of like symbolic of that. Mm -hmm. And so that was a project in the Ministry of Tourism that was inviting the diaspora to come to Ghana in 2007. Now it didn't take off um, the way they expected, but it was part of the whole Pan-Africanist succession in Ghana and people seeing Ghana as a place that's welcoming them to come. Mm -hmm. Then we fast forward and we come to 2019. Mm -hmm. And so with the year of return, what happened was um, I wasn't there from the very beginning because I didn't, I wasn't working with Ghana Tourism Authority in 2017, 2018 okay. when plans were happening. So the US government signed a bill, the HR 1242 bill, which was acknowledging the 400 year anniversary of the first documented ship of enslaved Africans to arrive in the United States. Virginia. Wow. And so when that was signed, um, it was acknowledging this history and acknowledging the pain and things that the African-American community have gone through. Yeah. Ghana seeing that as uh, an opportunity to also acknowledge Ghana's role because Ghana had the most slave forts during the transatlantic slave trade and um, inviting the diaspora to say, come home, come to Africa and choose Ghana and have this sort of, um, this sort of uh, coming together and seeing the history and the heritage and learning about what happened. And it was a collaborative effort. So we have, um, so the Adinkra group, um, which was uh, Diallo Sambri, um, you have uh, the Panifest Foundation, 
um, if you have the, uh, the Diaspora Affairs Office, the Year of Return Secretariat Office, Ghana Tourism Authority, the Ministry of Tourism, Arts and Culture, all coming together wow. with doing the Year of Return campaign um, in mm -hmm. such a way that people actually heeded the call. Now, once the social media um, aspect was, was uh, pushed more, it, the message got out more. So I came on board doing social media. That was my role was making sure to get the message out. And I did my best to put content out there that I felt would resonate with the diaspora community, as well as with the, uh, the, the Ghanaian community, African community. Mm. And, it, and it worked, you know? Um, <laughs> some of those videos that went viral were videos that I took. I took and people didn't even realize it. And Ghanaian media has a habit of just taking content and putting their logo on it as if it's theirs yeah, and not crediting that, right? the source. That happens a lot. Yeah. So um, sure you put your logo and your content more. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So uh, they'll take, yeah, they'll even take your logo off and put theirs on. What? I've seen, I've I've seen bloggers do that. that. I've seen bloggers really? do that in Ghana. Yes. Lazy, isn't take it? your logo off and put theirs on. I, I, it's happened to me, actually. Lazy. It's happened to me. That's cruel. Um, and so um, the video that really pushed was when I filmed the Steve Harvey video mm -hmm. um, and put it on the Instagram page. That video went viral like that, <laughs> like boom. Which stuff? Which which Steve Harvey video was it? When he came to Ghana. Oh, when he first came for the first time. Not not the game show that he did. No, no, no. The game show was after. So when okay. he came, that period he was also investigating ways to bring the game show. So mm -hmm. when he first came yeah. and he, we met him at the Du Bois Center, and I filmed that aspect and the. Um, his fraternity brothers came and shook hands and all that stuff. That was my video. I shot that video. Yeah. I shot that video. You heard that, guys? Give her the credit. I shot that video. <laughs> and uh, it went viral. And, um, and then from there, year of return, social media, just boom, 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 boom. People were, people were looking out for stuff. Um, Pivotal year, for sure. Yeah. And I, and I really strongly believe that if it wasn't for, those, for that page, a lot of other pages that exist in Ghana right now, a lot of other social media pages mm -hmm. wouldn't exist because I think people saw the value in social media because when I came on board, there was still hesitancy in the relevance of my role, the relevance of social media. Okay. Um, you know, I, someone, someone once said, you know, what else do you do besides just post a picture on Instagram? Because people didn't understand the work that goes into actually putting together yeah. um, a plan yeah. and, and writing the captions, Absolutely. you know. They just um, see the content, but they don't see what the hard work you yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah, and, and responding to messages and DMs and all that kind of stuff. Oh, and, man. you know, so it's, uh, yeah. it's a labor of love. It's a labor <laughs> of love. And so, um, so, yeah, so that's the long story. Yeah, of, no, you know, I why think. Ghana, I mean, the long answer as to why Ghana is a Pan-Africanist, yeah. uh, why it's attractive to the diaspora. So now with people coming, sorry, I, I leaned away from the mic. That's okay. Audio, I keep thinking about audio. That's okay, no worries. We've, we've got you over there too, so it's fine. <laughs> with people coming, um, it tr intrigues others. So like if you come and someone sees, oh, he's in Ghana, what's he doing? Oh, wow, I'm in that industry too. Maybe I should come and check it out. So it's like people see what others are doing and Social it encourages media. them mm -hmm. to say, oh, let me go and give it a try as yeah. well. So I think that Ghana has continued to be a place that people want to come. Firstly, it's a welcoming country. Um, stability of government successions um, over the last, uh, I think they said uh, four or five successional uh, governments. Um, 
the fact that it is a safe country. Mm-hmm. It's listed as the second safest country in Africa on oh, the Global wow. Peace Index in 2022. That. And um, that makes people feel comfortable. And then English, because a lot of people coming from the West speak English or coming from the Caribbean, you know, coming from the UK, uh, they come and they feel like Ghana is easier to transition to with English. Um, other African countries, there's, there's French-speaking African yeah. countries as well, but they feel like the English, but I feel like the, the stability and the safety are major reasons too. And I think the friendliness as well, from what I got from um, you telling me about Chance Rapper, I think the friendliness and the, the warmness is Yeah, well, yeah, people really are friendly and warm. Ghanaians are friendly and warm. Yeah, but... but customer <laughs> service is... <laughs> That's a whole conversation. That's another conversation. I saw that, that clip of Shushala right. being, oh my gosh, it's a whole, yeah. that's a whole other conversation. I won't get into that right that's now. Okay. That's a whole, yeah. I'm sure you've done interviews about that as well. And I did the interview with a startup, Consume Shop, right? I think they have a 60, 60 minute delivery service in the crowd. I don't know how they do Who? it because Consume Shop, they're like a startup. They, they're like a smaller version okay. of Jimia. Okay. They, last, they launched about two years ago. Okay. Uh, so I interviewed them. 20, I don't know 20, them. 20, 20. You know them? No, no, you know I them? don't. Okay, cool. Um, well, they're up and coming anyway, but. I interviewed them and they told me a customer service story where they wanted to, to buy 24 pounds worth of fried yam chips, right? Mm-hmm. And then they end up getting 24 pieces of yam brought to their table. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Ridiculous. It's a joke. So this is some of the common misconceptions and these are some of the mistakes that you see customer service. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's an absolute joke. <laughs> All right, so I want to I take the, the spotlight from Ghana on the pull on you. Back mm-hmm. on you, Ivy. Okay. Um, could you tell us a bit about? So I know, of course, Robin. Not I know you're not just about putting out content and you know, um, you know, telling stories, etc. You also have a um, a group, right? The Prosper Creative Group. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's for my uh, for film production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I have an experience. I've experienced in film production. A lot of people don't realize mm-hmm. um, I was doing documentary film production before I started working with Ghana Tourism. Um, so I've worked on different projects that have come to Ghana, as well as travel to Kenya as uh, producing uh, a documentary film mm. series. Travel to Kenya. Wow. Yeah, wow. I love Kenya. I absolutely love Kenya. How many times have you Kenyan been people watching. <laughs> Love, 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 like much love. <laughs> I, need to, I need to go to the, I need to meet East Africa because I've only been to West Africa. So anyway. yeah, yeah. So so yeah. So I have experience with with uh, production and and I'm currently now I'm leaning more towards get, getting back into that direction after doing this project with um, uh, with Chance's team. I'm leaning towards doing more film production and it got me excited when i heard that girls trip is uh coming to coming to ghana or might be coming to ghana if they do <laughs> producer over here there producer over here there you go. Yeah. i heard the first was in georgia or something or Atlanta or something the first one i think so i think yeah. so yeah. yeah yeah so um so yeah i have experience producing writing um script writing um and and being on camera mm-hmm. hosting okay. reporting so yeah so yeah. my my prosper creative group is all about doing production, not only in film production, but also with doing uh, social media stuff and, and cr- anything creative. Anything creative, yeah. yeah. I can definitely see that from your, your content that you put out there. Is that your initial backgrounds working in journalism and um, filmmaking and film creation? No. It's not. <laughs> seems I, like it seems like it is. I have such a storied life. I have so many uh, things about my life. I. Um, I've worked as a model, I worked in fashion, um, I worked as an assistant buyer, I worked in retail footwear, right. 
Crazy. Uh, so I studied, I studied fashion design and apparel management. That was my uh, degree was in fashion design. Mm -hmm. And then I had gone back to school years, years, years later to study radio and television broadcasting. So mm -hmm. it's like two different <laughs> things. And with the yeah. film stuff, when, um, when I was modeling, I did a lot of stuff like background work, a lot of um, things where we, we auditioned for a lot of commercial parts. Because in the modeling industry, a lot of people don't know, modeling doesn't pay as well as people think it does, unless you have some kind of major contract, major with, contract. A, with a designer or with a makeup brand. Okay. A lot of jobs don't pay as well as people think, and it's not something that's sustainable. So a lot of agencies send models on auditions for film and television. Uh, because an agency makes money from the commission off of the gotcha. actor, the, the model. Yeah. So if you're not getting work, they're like, we need you to get work. So <laughs> I was doing a lot of auditions, a lot of parts in, in background parts in film and television. So I saw that aspect then. And so I was always interested in things. I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. So it was always in the back of my mind. Um, also, when I was young, I used to think about journalism and writing. I used to, I used to watch sports games and I would write <laughs> about really yes i would write i would write i found a bunch of stuff i wrote about like a hockey game when i was 10 years old and um like reading it was like wow i wrote this <laughs> you know it was like and he shoots the puck here and he does this and he does that and yeah. it goes here and then they score and i was like wow i was trying to be a sports journalist back then <laughs> it's really funny but um yeah i think i've i think in my spirit i've always had it in me mm -hmm. i've always had it in me because even when we were kids i remember a day my brother and sisters we were we were doing a talk show and I was the host and I was like, and we're here with kids from the streets and here's the kids from the streets. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think it's always been in me. Yeah, it's in your blood. Mm -hmm. You got family in, in similar, similar trades. Um, my sister has a podcast. Well, there you Her are. podcast is called First Time Moms Beyond 35. Okay. It's about becoming a mother after the age of 35. So Very if you're specific. a lady looking for that, check it out. <laughs> why, yeah. why do you think she said, why do you think she called it after because there is there is a as women mm -hmm. you know we have this thing to think about the biological clock right mm -hmm. so but at the same time we're in a society where women are pursuing careers women want to do things yeah. and so women are delaying statistics show women are delaying having child um, children compared to before like our parents generation they finish school they get married they have kids like quickly now it's so common that people will get married in their 30s and then now they're trying to have kids. So Very there's true. a lot of women who are facing challenges after 35 having children. Mm. So she created this podcast because there's a different experience as a woman in your 30s and above yeah. having children than someone who's you know, 20, 21, 22 having a child. It's a different yeah. experience. So yeah. she created the podcast to fit a niche and she's getting some traction a lot of people are Fantastic. are interested in it that, that's that's amazing that's amazing yeah I and then my other sister was acting okay. um but she also does counseling my brother's in medical industry okay okay so your brother sounds like maybe your brother's the odd one out everyone else is more or less around media, creative creative stuff. media i love it i love it um yeah i mean i guess with uh um with that podcast i think when a society where um people are having people are given birth maybe but later than mm -hmm. than, 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 than than usual and um well not from not from usual i mean later than than what used the to previous generations the exactly yeah so everyone's a bit more career driven or entrepreneur or entrepreneur centric and you know more into pursuing things and rather than having kids and 
Of course, the world that we're in is a bit tougher, so people are like, oh, do I have a kid, do I have a kid? Mm. So yeah, that's a whole conversation, I suppose. All right, okay. Um, so speaking of women, right? Yes. So I know you do a bit of women empowerment speaking. Um, could you talk, talk me through some of the women that, some interesting ladies that you've interviewed mm -hmm. um, that, that stand out to you in terms of like your, your YouTube channel, any of your, your journalistic past that you've spoken to? Mm -hmm. um, on my YouTube, well, there's somebody I interviewed that the video hasn't even been published yeah. that I found interesting. So I won't talk about that because it hasn't okay. been published. Um, but as far as like the women empowerment goes, mm -hmm. I have been passionate about empowering young women in particular, um, largely because sometimes they don't have a voice. Um, and sometimes there's women seem to suffer more self-esteem issues than men do, at least from the surface, true. because a lot of men don't talk about it. So it's if true. there is more in men, I don't know. I just okay. know that women talk about it more. So Very I'm true. more aware of that. And I think because of my you experience, hide things more. yeah. And I think my experience in the modeling industry also exposed, um, how women, because of what we see in media, we end up getting these self-esteem issues about our bodies, about mm -hmm. who we are and, and confidence and that kind of thing. So it made me want to pursue that aspect of um, empowering young women. Because there was one day I heard, on, I heard some women having conversation mm -hmm. and they were like talking about how they don't look good and they mm -hmm. look fat and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, you know what, I should start you know, doing this speaking and, and sharing my message mm -hmm. about improving your self-esteem and, and your body image. So that's fine. Yeah. So, I mean, some of the interesting people that I've spoken to aren't people that I've necessarily interviewed and published on YouTube. Um, okay. it's sometimes it's just through conversation. Mm -hmm. So there was one particular young girl, she was 14 mm -hmm. and we, I spoke, cause I used to tour around school speaking. And so I had gone to speak at a school that was in, um, a smaller community so there was not many black people there mm -hmm. she was the only black girl in her class in mm -hmm. her school actually wow and she waited for me after i finished my speech my speaking yeah. and she um said i'm so happy that our speaker was you she said when i saw the flyer that our guest speaker was going to be a black woman i was so happy because i've been she said i've been going through so much being the only black person people teasing me. I felt like I wasn't worth anything. And then to see that our speaker is a black woman, she was like, this means so much to me. And so the conversation I had with her, I'm, there was so much more she said that I'm not going to say. That's okay. But that conversation to me was inspiring because it made me feel like, you know what, I'm doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I mean, um, <clears throat> it's, it's a shame that we still live in a day and age where that kind of stuff is still happening. Um, I remember speaking to one of my guests in season one, and when they landed in Ghana, it was like they were like, "Oh my gosh, I've never seen so many black people in my life." Kind of thing. <laughs> and she's from America, right? It's the first first <laughs> trip as an African American right. coming to visit Ghana. Right. And when I heard it, I was like, "Really?" She's like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Okay," because for me, like where I'm from, like in the UK, I'm surrounded by loads of black people. So for her, it's like. Oh, I've never seen so much black people in my life. And that's true. When you come to Ghana or Africa, you're going to see way more black people than you are in the West. But for her to say that is like, wow, like you don't know what she's been kind of going through over there. So I think that's really like um, a powerful thing that you did going to speak into that young lady's woman, 
into that young lady's life and just just sharing words of wisdom and empowerment that's just uplifting because sometimes you don't know how hard people have it honestly mm -hmm. just don't mm -hmm. um and that brings me to my next point um you did a TED tedx talk right yeah could you tell us a bit about that um the tedx talk came during pandemic time you know even though ghana wasn't like didn't have like high restrictions and stuff um there were still protocols and stuff so um you couldn't go into like uh, theaters like the theater movie theater was closed for a long time and so anyway ted talk i'm like i finally get a tedx and it's during a time when we can't have a, a crowd yeah so Great. it was recorded in a studio yeah by and yourself so, yeah so they have the camera team and then yeah. we're in studio and so the, there were other speakers so it was like one finishes then the next one records and the next one records so mm. um but it was it was an honor to be asked <laughs> to share my uh, my message about my ideas and message about the power of digital media with bridging the gap of the diaspora and, and the African continent because that's exactly what I've been doing with my work and I was really excited it was really great to share you know because I really believe that the power is in our hands that to tell our stories and we can see that right now from you know so many African content creators are popping up and are doing things whether it's a podcast or mm -hmm. it's on uh, YouTube or whether they're using Instagram, TikTok, whatever platforms they're using, they're sharing their message and they're creating. And it's opening up opportunities for Africans to get in spaces that they may not have been before, mm. which I think is fantastic. It is, it is, because this is what you were talking about earlier on, right? You know, you were, like you were pioneering some of the content that was being, you know, showing the show social media. And then that inspired some other agencies or content mm -hmm. creators to start doing what they're doing. And because of what you've done, other people have started some things and it's just led to this whole new explosive wave of content creators and media companies, et cetera, et cetera. Definitely. And it takes time because people think, a lot of people think I just started doing stuff with Year of Return in 2019. And it's like, no, I've been posting content about Ghana, about Africa for a long time. Um, the first video I posted on YouTube was a video of me walking through La Palm. And I was like, oh my God, look at this place. This is Africa. This is Africa. That was 2011. Wow. And it was, um, I was going to a conference. Um, it was like a women's conference that was happening. And I was just so like, wow, yeah. people need to see this. And when I was doing it at the time, I wasn't doing it because I felt like I'm a content creator because that term didn't really exist. Yeah. I was just posting a video because my friends back home wanted to see, my friends in Canada and the US and stuff yeah. wanted to see what is it like where you are. So once yeah. in a while I would post videos. I wasn't even posting consistently. It was just, I'll post once in a while and share yeah. with them. And a lot of times they weren't even public videos. I made them private, private. links okay, cool. that I would send to them so they can see, um, unlisted confidence. links, not private, okay. unlisted links okay. that I would send to them so they can see what I'm doing yeah. um, here in Ghana. Yeah. So. Um, and I had a blog. Oh, I forgot about that blog. <laughs> I had a blog. It was um, called Made in Ghana Africa. Dot mm. blogspot. <laughs> blogspot. Who does that anymore? Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Yeah. But, yeah, but you could see what you were doing even back then. Yeah. And how it's evolved into now. Like now, it, you know, IP Prosper. I mean, now you know a lot of people come into know who you are and what you're doing. It's fantastic. Um, 
I really enjoyed this conversation, Ivy. Yes, um, I me too. I want to go back to you mentioned your book, your your book, essential yes. essential guide. Essential for, guide on moving to Ghana. Mm -hmm. um, as a closer, I want you to kind of like share some tips from people who want to kind of relocate to Ghana or maybe Africa per se. What what are some essential tips you would you, you would give to them? And not even just even relocating and um, moving to Ghana, Africa, but maybe even being a content creator, starting up as a creative, wanting to be a speaker, or any of these other pursuits that, that you've taken on to, to, to do? Um, so if, advice on moving to Ghana. Yeah, just uh, yeah, some advice to move to Ghana. If you're looking to move to Ghana, I would say that you should plan. Mm -hmm. Firstly, why do you want to move? Ask yourself the why. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have a strong why, you won't last because mm -hmm. it's not easy. So and, and with planning, try to have like a year's worth of living expenses because Ghana is more expensive than people think. And this way you have a, a backup of funds while you're working towards whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's starting a business, whether it's working with a company, uh, consulting, whatever it is you're doing, make sure you have that. A lot of people who live abroad don't know that these places ask for like a year rent up front. Um, two years up front. So it's a good idea for you to be prepared for that because people don't know. They'll come be like, what? What do you mean? A year <laughs> rent? What? So prepare for that. Okay. And um, know that people are always late. <laughs> so you have to exercise patience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that it takes time. It, it can take you two to five years to really get your bearings in Ghana. If you're trying to be an entrepreneur or even if you're trying to work with somebody, it can take two to five years for you to really get your bearings. So you have to be patient. Okay. That's fantastic. Yeah. Tips. And then you said uh, the being last a, one was being those a creator. That wanna, those that want to pursue any any creative pursuits, whether it's content creator, maybe speaker, yeah. writing a book, as far as you're doing. As far as being a creator, when uh, you we live in a time when the power is in your hands. You like people will say they want to do stuff and they think that it's going to happen instantly. You have to understand that it takes time. Like I just said that 2011 was when I shared a video um, on YouTube about Ghana. Um, it takes time and consistency. You can't expect that you post today and you're going to get a thousand views or something. You post today. Nobody knows who you are. You're, you don't have an audience yet. You're not going to get a lot of views, a lot of likes, a lot of shares because you're building. So what I say is keep doing it, keep posting, keep writing, keep doing whatever it is that you're doing because you're creating your catalog. You're creating your catalog that people will look back on mm -hmm. and see, oh, wow, you did this and you did this. Because right now there's, there's creators in Ghana who are really successful and now people are going and looking at their old stuff and like, oh, wow, they've been doing this since then. Then they're consuming their old content and realizing this person is serious. They didn't just come from nowhere. Yeah. So it's important that you know that you have to just keep on pushing, keep putting your message out there. Um, it's like, uh, there's no such thing as an overnight success. People think there's overnight success. Media plays this story as if people just come out of nowhere, but those people have been practicing. They've been doing whatever they've been doing for at least five to 10 years before you even found out who they were most of the time. There's a very few out there that suddenly get fame and because of viral videos or whatever it may be. But sometimes if you have a viral video, and you don't have the content to back it up, 
then you just fall. Like you'll have a video that gets popular, everybody knows it, they see it, and then they look, where else, what else do you have? Nothing, then that's it, you fall by the wayside. So if you have things that you're doing all the time and suddenly something goes viral and people see that you have other stuff that is out there, then it's like, oh, okay, they've been doing this for a while. Absolutely, sustainability and consistency is the key. Um, that's my big takeaway from what you've just yes. shared as well. I'm being patient and, you know, just tr testing, testing things and seeing what, what works for you, I suppose. Ivy, this has been a fantastic conversation. Do you have any announcements that you want to make? Do I have any announcements? I don't have any announcements right now. Okay. Um, I just say that you can follow me on all my social platforms, Ivy Prosper. That's Ivy Prosper everywhere on Twitter, on mm -hmm. Facebook, on Instagram. Um, and on YouTube, it's also Ivy Prosper. My website is ivyprosper.com. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking, uh, if you're looking for a producer, Ivy at um, ivyprosper.com. You can go to my website and you can click click to get my email there. It's info at ivyprosper.com is the email. Info at ivyprosper.com mm -hmm. um, for for production stuff. And if you're looking for a speaker, I'm also available. Yes, those are my. That's it. Yeah, I'm available. Ivy Prosper, the one of the most influential people in Ghana that you probably didn't know. Oof, that was good. I like that. We're gonna have everything in the show notes, all of the links, references, tips, nuggets that Ivy has shared. So everything that she just shared and more, head over to thesoundofcloud.com forward slash Ivy Prosper. That's thesoundofcloud.com forward slash Ivy Prosper. I V Y P R O S P E R. We'll have everything. In, in those show notes. Well, that's it. That's it for today's episode, guys. Thank you for watching. Please um, give us a like on your way out. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think of the episodes. And please do give us a review. Thank you so much. Take care. Before you end, I want to say thank you. Thank you for having me. You're doing a great job. And uh, people like you are continuing to tell stories and showcasing people who are making an impact in Ghana. So thank you. Thank you, Ivy. It's really kind of you to say. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Wow. Take care, guys. Peace. Yeah. <laughs>